0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti-Up. Howard Bender and Adam Ronis here from Fantasy Alarm here on the Sawdust Podcast Network. Uh, What's going on, Adam? How you doing? You know, in the middle
1: of a busy night here for the NBA, so just uh, watching some of the games right now and uh, hoping uh, most of the props can hit tonight.
0: Yeah, you know, it's so funny. I I labeled last night's night's show, yesterday's show, as uh, NBA Sweats and Prop Bets. Um, you were, uh, you were definitely sidetracked by your, uh, by your props and you're sweating them. And now look at it. you you've got three of them that already hit. Um, and now you're sweating at this point right now, Brogdon and Oubre on this, uh, on this golden state, Indiana game. Um, are you going to be a, a, a grumpy Gus, uh, if it doesn't hit? No, I don't think so. I mean, the Brogdon one's
1: going to be tough. I have over 11.5 rebounds and assists, and he's got three rebounds, three assists with nine minutes left. Uh, Now, the game is tied, so let's pray for overtime. Uh, And then Ubre over 23.5 points rebounds, and he's got 20 right now, uh, 15 points, five boards. So. Yeah, you you think it looks okay, but you know it's the NBA, so you don't, I don't to know,
0: anything. man. It's you know, fourth quarter right now, nine minutes left.
1: Yeah, and Golden <laughs> State's up three. So is he in? the I don't think he's in the game. He'll probably be in shortly. They got the the subs, the the reserves in now, mostly. So
0: yeah, well, at least you hit the other ones there. I mean, that was some uh, some good stuff, Jalen Brown. You had the uh, the over four and a half assists.
1: He had four in the first quarter.
0: It's the, always the nice reason when I, they do that for you, right? Be, because um, Kemba Walker,
1: well, first of all, he's been really good the last four or five games in assists. But Kemba Walker was out. He sits on back-to-backs because of his knee issue. And Brown has the ball on his hands more. So um, I remember the last time I played this, uh, actually, Ani Sridhar hit me up one night. He's like, Jalen Brown assists tonight? And... I was like, oh, what's the number? And it was like, low. I'm like, yeah, man, good job, bro. So I played it <laughs> and it hit early. And then, you know, obviously that was on my mind today. And I'm like, what's the number? Four and a half? Yeah. Let's play that today. So uh, that's something to keep in mind. Uh, either Brown or Tate on their assist number when uh, Kemba Walker sits and he sits on the back to back. So uh, that was a good one. And. Uh, Gilgis Alexander has just been on a roll And the Spurs missed a lot of time Due to COVID This is their first game I think in 10 days And they were still missing guys And the Spurs are bad in the pain And Gilgis Alexander is a guy like likes to take it to the basket And he's got 35 points With 19 seconds left in the third quarter So that was not a sweat It actually It was 22 and a half today And by the time I went to the books It was 23 and a half I'm like I don't care I'm playing it uh, I It was plus 100 for a little bit But you know those numbers move As people play it And what was the other one? Oh, Draymond Green over six and a half rebounds. Yeah. I almost played the – I mean, he's been crushing this uh, – rebounds and assists for him. I think the number was 15 and a half, and I almost played that. I'm like, oh, let me go with the boards. Patience is not good on the boards. And he's got 10 assists again, man. I mean, this guy is just uh, crushing it right now with the assists. So, yeah, so, you know, so uh, pretty good night. You know, last last night was Tuesday, right? Yeah, Tuesday night was – Props were props, a yeah, day sometimes uh, props were two and three, man. But Jamal Murray, bro, over 24 and a half points, he had twenty-four. So oh. yeah. Uh, and it, it sucked because he came alive in the fourth quarter. Like he just kept scoring, and I was like, oh man, because it looked like it was dead, and he just kept scoring and scoring and scoring. So, you know, uh, at least tonight what props will definitely be a winning night. Um, besides uh, Boston's going to be a loss and the Bulls uh, have the lead late. So that's going to come down to the wire. Hopefully they can pull it out against Minnesota and cover. So um, yeah, hopefully uh, the Golden State goes, uh, goes our way in the fourth quarter.
0: Well, I'm pulling for you because uh, I know, I know you take these, you take these to heart, which is one of the things that I love about you, right? It's one of the reasons why, so excited when you came over to uh, to work for Fantasy Alarm, because I know like if there's somebody out there who like genuinely cares about the calls that he makes, the calls that he puts out to the public, it's you. So, you know, I mean, it, it makes me sad when you're all down on, on shit, but uh, the passion and and the love for this and and the just the desire to, you know, help people out. Really huge. Really Yeah, huge. I just
1: I just hate losing. I mean, I've you but the one thing you you learn when you do this daily is you really do have to forget that night and move on to the next night. Same thing when you do well. Like we had a seven and one night. I think it was Sunday. I mean it's great, but you know, you and hopefully people profited that night, but you got a new day the next day. So um it can be tough. But I think that's one thing I've learned is that you just kind of have to move on to the next day and you can't dwell on it too much. So I think it comes with experience and time.
0: Definitely. Well, I mean, it always, it definitely comes with experience and time. Like it it has to, you know, I mean, it's like we've talked about, you know, in anything that you do, it's it's you, the more reps you take, the better you become.
1: Yeah. And then I see props that I was like teetering on and they hit already. And I'm like, damn, I should have played that. That's the worst. <laughs> like Carl Anthony Towns, I think his assist number was three and a half, four and a half. And the coach talked, the new coach talked about they want him to run the offense a little bit more. And he's got five assists. So that hit. And then I was looking at DeJounte Murray, who's been my guy all year for San Antonio. And they were really shorthanded today. No DeMar DeRozan, no Derek White. Like, so I'm like, all right, he's going to have a high usage rate. And I know the guys in the playbook mentioned him, too. And his points was 19 and a half. He's got 21 early fourth quarter. And I was looking at his points, rebounds, assists. And right now he's got a total of 31. So, uh, you know what? It doesn't count. Didn't write it up, right?
0: <laughs> you know, and again. When but, you know, I can't take... write. I don't want to write
1: 12 props, right? No, no, no. I mean... I'm not
0: saying that. I'm not right, saying right. that. I'm saying the, the bender burner account that you're supposed to be running this, some of these props through. Yeah. You might not write them up, but you kind of got a good feeling about them. You go to Bender's Burner account, you make the bets that way, and you feel better about it. Then I'm making money, you're making money because I'm going to tip you out on that shit. Come on.
1: And then Jimmy, oh my God, Jimmy Butler again, his
0: rebounds and assists. He's got seven rebounds, eight assists with five minutes left in the third quarter. (sighs) See, and I would have been all in on that one there also because, you know, I got an affectation for Jimmy Buckets.
1: I think – let me see. I think he's been – he cooled off a little bit, which is why. Because we were – I was writing that prop up every single night. And then, oh, yeah, against the Lakers he came up short. And against OKC he came up short. Um, The Lakers was a good defensive team, 96-94. OKC was an ugly game for them. Oh, wow. They've been on the road that much? I didn't realize that. Wow. Is this their – this is like their first own game in a while. They had a five-game road – no, six-game road trip. Holy shit. Seven Houston, Utah, Clippers, Golden State, Sacramento, Lakers, and OKC. Wow. And then you come home to Miami, you figure you came home and partied. So uh guess not. Yeah, this is the first home game in a while. I <laughs> know. Uh, Butler seems like a guy that I don't know. Is he a is he a guy that drinks a lot? I don't know. I don't know much about him.
0: I don't, I don't, like know, yeah, I don't him. know.
1: I don't know anything. I don't, don't know. know. I'll have to look into that. <laughs>
0: Well, all righty, man. All right. Listen, we'll uh, you you consider the burner account. You think it over still some more. Money is just a Venmo account away,
1: right? Some nights, some nights you look and you're like, you like so many props, and it's like, I think the most I've written up on a slate is maybe seven. Um, but it's usually between if it's a short slate, maybe three or four, but generally yeah. between four and six. But yeah, ten. I don't know. I mean, unless you feel really strongly about him, but 10, you know, that, that could go pretty bad, though, too. You know, you don't want to do that. But, I, don't, I mean, then again, I don't know if every – I don't think most people are going to play every prop I put out there. They get to read it, see my reasoning, and then kind of decide for themselves. But maybe there are some people who have a lot of faith that, like, I'm playing everything he writes up.
0: Everything Adam Rhodes <laughs> puts out there, boom, do it. I mean, that. I
1: generally play everything I write up unless I forget, which – Happens a couple times. I'm like, wait, <laughs> I didn't play that. I was like, I thought I played it when I wrote it up. <laughs> no, I did it.
0: Shit. Right. <laughs> and for those of you out there who are wondering how often that does happen, listen, that's that's a nightly discussion for Adam and I before I start hitting the record button. Like, it really is. Like, you've got you know, so many that you're like, ah, I was going to do it. I didn't want to do it. I was going to, going to. Again, Bender Burner account, Adam. Keep considering it.
1: I tend to play them as I write them up because I know the lines, the juice is going to change. You know, if right. if it's something I like, I got to think, okay, maybe some other people feel the same, and then the more they're bed up, the more the juice increases. So I try to get them. That once in a while, I'll do it the night before. Like sometimes I'm laying in bed, and the FanDuel sports book tends to put the props out a little bit earlier. I notice DK doesn't, um, so I'll be like, oh let me see what they got for tomorrow. And if it's something that I've been playing a lot, and at that point of the night, the juice is kind of lower, I'll play. Sometimes, though, I'm like, you know what? I just need a break. I've been doing this shit all day. Let me just fo- <laughs> You know, get some rest, come back tomorrow and focus. I think when you have the good nights, you tend to check. If you have a bad night, you're like, you know what? I just need to get away from this and come back tomorrow.
0: I hear you, dude. I definitely hear you on that one. <laughs>
1: See, it's different for you, man, because the NFL is like once a week or Thursday, Sunday. So you you know, you get some days. This is night after night, bro. It's like next day, next day, next day. So it's a lot different.
0: No, I get it, dude. Listen, believe me, I get it. I understand. Like, you know, when I start betting on baseball and it's a daily thing and it's a daily sweat. That'll, you know, that, that that's where it all kind of comes to play here. I, I just, you know, again, basketball for me is, you know, I mean, A, it's not my sport. B, you know, to sit there and have to like, you know, sweat shit out, like wondering who's going to be in, who's going to be out. And if I want to lay down a couple of profits, like I have to be right there that hour before the first tip off. Um, and if I'm not there, if I'm not, you know, if I'm not able, I'm not ready, then I can't, then I just can't play it. I just well, I'd say that's fight.
1: I'd say that's more for DFS than prop bets because if some say you make a prop bet and the guy gets ruled out, the bet is void.
0: So right. Really I, yeah, I get that, but I'd want to, you know, I mean if I'm going to have action somewhere else, I mean what if I'm like deciding between like, you know, two and three different props and the one that I like the most all of a sudden that game gets canceled because of COVID, uh and then it's a non-bet. And then it's, you know, it's no fun for me then. And then I'm not watching anything.
1: They really have not There's been no cancellations lately. Um, It's been pretty, pretty good. I know. And the Spurs thing was, did we know? I think we might have known the day before. So, and then there were some. There were weather cancellations due to the Texas stuff. But it really hasn't been that bad. Where we've had a day of cancellation. I mean, anything could happen, obviously, in this era. But I don't think that's something that should uh, dissuade you from doing something. Or anyone who's in that situation and feels that way. I don't think that's an issue.
0: I also don't know shit about uh, basketball.
1: That's what wageralarm.com
0: is for. That that might be my the 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 biggest deterrent for me. I don't know shit about hoops. Yeah, no, I get it, man. I don't want to look. I want to trust people
1: and say, okay, they know what they're doing. But I don't know. I kind of want to have some knowledge if I'm putting some money down. So I understand completely.
0: Yeah. It's just that's it. Yeah, I mean, it's just beyond my control. Like I can sit there and I can look at your props, um, and say, oh, you know, okay. Listen, he seems pretty confident in this one. But if I don't like, if I don't have an opinion on it either way, then it means nothing to me. And now I'm just, you know, that now I'm just somebody who's like, you know, who's lined up by a lot who are purchasing lineups for DFS, right? You know, or I'm like, you know, being like, oh, where's my where's my optimal lineup? <laughs> like we used to do on Fantasy Alarm that thankfully we don't do anymore. Um, but nevertheless, um, all right, we'll move off to the uh, from the NBA and Adam's prop bets. Again, makes sense, guys. WagerAlarm.com, get yourself a little subscription uh, over there. It'll also help you if you play different prop games over at our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight, the DFS site you should be playing on. Why? This is why. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning, even you, Adam, even you. Uh, monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and esports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else monkeyknifefight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. Bucks. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. <laughs> All right, Adam, so one of the things that I was uh, we were talking about beforehand, and I really wanted to get to this now because I'm so inundated with all the drafts right now for baseball. You and I have tout wars coming up. Labor is coming up. I just did the uh, the FSGA draft on on Monday. Uh, I'm broadcasting another FSGA draft tomorrow. Did a, a mock draft last night trying certain things out. And I got to tell you, man, I mean, it's like some, some, it's crazy draft time for us and and I'm loving it. I absolutely love, you know, this time of year, this time of season. Now, One of the discussions that we were having, uh, Jim Bowden and I actually, you know, the importance of of mock drafting and and start, you know, trying out different strategies and things like that. And one of the things that I said is, you know, if you're sitting there and you're looking to prep for your season long league and, you know, mock drafts are, are a great way to do it. We do the mock draft army. Guys are in there for the entire draft. It's good discussion, good brain picking uh, that you can do in the chat room. But, you know, there's so many people out there who are like, ah, I don't, you know, I, I, if I don't have any skin in the game, then it's no fun for me and, and I want to do it. And too many people, in my opinion, do like draft and hold leagues and best ball leagues. And they consider that as like their tune up for season long. And I'm like, well, strategies are different. Nobody experiments and you know, people, you know, kind of do their own thing. Well, you just told me beforehand that you're doing a draft right now and uh and you're doing it completely different from what you normally do, starting off with the number one pick overall that you had.
1: Yeah. So this is a draft champions leagues for the NFBC uh partnering up with Brian Ambrose and We got the number one pick and uh, decided to go with a pitcher, went Jacob DeGrom. And because it's a league where you can't make any waiver wire moves, and that top pitcher I, I think is pretty important this year. So if this was a redraft league, I wouldn't have done it. I would have went with a bat. But the fact that you can't make waiver wire moves throughout the season, I think, emphasizes the pitching more. And the other thing was, all right, if we take a bat, what type of pitching are we looking at here in a 15 team league on the way back? And we would have been looking at Luis Castillo, Blake Snell, Kenta Maeda, Tyler Glass now. Those are the guys going around three. So decided to go to Grom and they came back with two bats. So it's something that I've never done before, but I think in this format, uh, it's worth a try. I mean, it's very tough to pass up those five flu guys like a Fernando Tatis, who went second, Acuna went third, Betts four, Soto five, and then Cole went six. So it's kind of tough to do. Um, and you could say, well, why didn't you set your KDS? I mean, we didn't actually set our KDS. So we got, <laughs> it, it was one through 15, and then... Um, but even if you said, well, I want DeGrom, I'm going to set my KDS to four or five. He's, I've seen him go one, two, three in a lot of these drafts. So I think there are other people that feel the same way and are having that strategy. So uh, it's definitely against what I usually do. But, I mean, DeGrom is, as long as he stays healthy, obviously, and you could say that with a lot of features. Well, yeah, but I mean, DeGrom is DeGrom has shown no signs of like any decline or anything at all. So, you know, if he pitches most of the season, he's going to give you what you need. The question will be wins. And maybe finally with the Mets, even though the Mets offense was good last year, I think people forget that when you go look at the Mets metrics or the OPS, they were near the top, but they just never scored runs for the ground. Maybe that finally changes this year. Uh, so, yeah, it was definitely something different and going to be interesting to see how the team pans out.
0: Well, yeah, I want to go, kind of go through it. How many rounds are you into right now? Nine. OK, so I, I kind of I I want to do that uh, for sure. But I mean, it's really funny that like this happened with you and this was your rationale for taking DeGrom number one, because I was sitting there, you know, everybody wants to know, you know, oh, where should I draft? Where's the best spot to draft from? And, you know, more often than not, when, it, you know, when it's been baseball, I like, you know, I like the wheel. I mean, it's just it's where I'm comfortable. I know I'm getting, you know, two, uh, you know, top 15 to 20 players um right off the bat there but you know I, and I said with every way everybody's you know really pushing up pitching and I mean they're really pushing up pitching to the point where I you know I, I could see Lance Lynn's ADP going to a point where you never want to see Lance Lynn's ADP right you know because everybody's like oh well he's gonna throw the innings and only a handful of guys are doing that I kind of want to pick in that five six seven slot you know like six or seven and uh, and and grab the grom and then just pound hitters for the next like 3 or 4 rounds before i have to go back to pitching again
1: yeah i think it depends on the type of league trying to figure out where the grom's going to go because i i can't see him going 3 4 5 in some leagues if someone is intent on building the pitching early on so you would think oh yeah 5 or 6 i'll probably get him but I mean, again, this draft is an example. Now I know it's a draft champions league, and no moves can be made. But I'm interested to see um, in these upcoming drafts here. Now, again, we saw what was the last one? FSGA and Degrom went. Uh, yeah, okay. So he went. It was Cole Degrom that yeah. went seven, eight.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I mean, because my feeling is, is if, if I'm like, if I'm like sixth. Okay, and and Degrom goes earlier than that,
1: then, then I can immediately
0: yeah. Then, yeah I can immediately pivot back to a bat, you know, and know that I'm getting one of the top five guys there. It's you know Acuna, Betts, Trout, Soto, um, or or Tatis, right? So so I'm I'm comfortable there. That's why I kind of like that sixth spot because that's a nice spot to grab Degrom. You're right there in the middle of your draft, and you can kind of see. What both sides are doing um, before making those decisions. I don't usually like being in that spot, but I think for for this year, if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna say that you gotta grab quality starting pitching, well, then I'm not gonna fuck around with worrying about what you Darvish is gonna do or what Jack is gonna do. No, screw it. Give me the number one pitcher in the game, and and let me start that way, and then I can kind of move on to to my bats there. I think that's really, that's kind of where I'm looking. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do another draft, uh, in the next day or two. So I'll let you know there, but I want to know here. All right. So, so did, uh, did ambos, uh, throw up any kind of a fight with you about, uh, about taking to Grom number one?
1: No, he kind of wanted to try this too and see how it works. Yeah.
0: Always nice when you're working with a partner who actually agrees with you on, on decent stuff like that like that. All right, so uh, 15-teamer comes all the way back around. Um, What did you end up with?
1: Uh, Luis Robert and Xander Bogart. So we know there's some risk with Robert in the batting average and, you know, where he's going to hit in the lineup. But, you know, we felt like you want to come away with some speed here. And we know he's got a lot. I mean, his upside, I mean, he could be 30-30, right? I mean, the White Sox have a great lineup. So definitely some risk here. But – you know, you're also kind of swinging for the fences in this format. So I uh, wanted to get some of the stolen bases here. And Robert had nine steals last year in 56 games with 11 home runs, 33 runs, 31 RBIs. Uh, I know he finished the season slowly, but um, we know there's a ton of ability here. Uh, an average might be an issue. So that's why pairing with Zander Bogart, who so I think is a real safe player and he had eight steals last year too. I don't think people realize that you know he could he could run a little bit. And I, I don't know. I don't know. I feel he's kind of undervalued. I mean, 28 years old and you know had a great season two years ago. Even last year, I mean, 336 runs, 11 homers, 28 RBIs, eight steals. Uh, he had four steals two years ago. Eight the year before. I mean, it doesn't sound like a lot, but man, he gives me eight this year or ten. Uh, again, just let them pile up. So he he's going to give you something in the stolen base category. I mean, the worst he's had since 2015 is four uh, in 2019. He's also a guy that's been pretty durable, played in 56 games last year. And I still think the top of the Red Sox lineup is pretty good. So, uh, you know, he you gives need, us... You
0: need J.D. Martinez to bounce back.
1: Um, well, I, I we'll like, get to that.
0: <laughs> you know, I mean, you've got you've got Devers, you've got Xander Bogarts and you've got J.D. Martinez there in the heart of the order. Verdugo. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, you know, I I like him, but I don't love him. I, you know, he obviously needs to prove himself to me a little bit more. Um, you know, he's never really had that that you know full time starting job for an entire season, and we'll I mean, see what he had, happens. He had
1: 308 there. last year with a 367 OBP. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 you know what? There are a lot of guys before. who did really well in a weird, truncated oddball season.
1: And he, but he batted two ninety four the year before.
0: Yeah, yeah. Good batting average. i don't, I just you know what I look at the Red Sox right now, and this isn't even being a Yankees fan. I look at the Red Sox and I'm just I'm worried about them. Well, like they're Haim, pitching Bloom, Sox. their pitching is atrocious. Haim Bloom is running this team like small market. Um, you know, and I just I, it's 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 just not a it's it's not great. It's not great to look at. but I mean, listen, i've got I've got Devers and Bogarts uh, up on my boards as, you know, strong plays at at both their positions. so I'm not going to argue against picking Xander Bogarts in the third round there. I mean, I, I'm perfectly fine with that. And Lewis Robert gets you the stolen bases. So um, based on what you just said, I'm going to assume that uh, J.D. Martinez is one of the two picks that you came back around with in rounds four and five.
1: Well, no, not four and five, but he's there later. But four and five was uh, oh. Corbin Burns and Liam Hendricks. Again, never take closers early. The
0: closer! Yeah! yeah.
1: Again, you know, this is a format where you can't make moves. And that's been one of the problems in this format. <laughs> Closures have been an history. So, again, I can't believe I did it here as well. Um, did that hurt?
0: Did it, it hurt does, a little it,
1: bit uh, Oh, yeah, bro. I have, I have blue balls ever since we made the pick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I mean, it, it's just because in my head, I'm like, wait, Liam Hendricks is like, he's the number one closer on my board. But it goes to show you how crazy it is because it's like, wait. This guy's really had a a year and a half of really good years. Uh, They've been dominant. I mean, the last two years, we're talking over 100 innings uh, combined over the last two years. He does not give up home runs at all. He allowed one home run last year in 25 and a third, five home runs in 85 the year before. Uh, The strikeouts have been there. Uh, 37.3% strikeout rate two years ago, 40% last year. Walk rate was 3.3%. That's the thing where you want in a closer, right? Strikeouts. No walks, no home runs. He does all of them. Um, and now he's going to a White Sox team that we expect to be very good. Is there a risk? Yeah, no doubt. Uh, we've seen the velocity, you know, up from 94 to 96 the last two years. Uh, but he's been really good. So it is risky. I don't feel good about it. But again, the format, I can't go to the waiver wire here. And now i uh, just not going to really spend on a second closer. They're going to try and get those relievers who look like they might be able to get the job and put them in there. Um, I wanted Carlos Carrasco. He went one pick before us. So what with Corbin Burns? Now Burns, definitely the risk with him, obviously, is how many innings is he going to throw? But we know that he's going to get a lot of strikeouts when he does pitch. And again, we're pairing with DeGrom. So just kind of needs to be. I think Milwaukee said they would let their starters go another hundred innings over what they did last year. So he had 59 and two thirds. So that would be 160. Well, let's say 150. Again, if they're 150 really good innings, Another guy that he allowed two home runs in 59 and two thirds innings last year. Still need to see a little bit better command 10% walk rate, not great, but he had a good whip. Uh, you know, Burns was someone I liked a lot last year it was fun to get him last year because you got him in the reserve round uh, of drafts or off the waiver wire. So a little bit more pricey this year, but yeah. So three pitchers in the first five picks, something uh, never do.
0: Yeah, definitely. I like Corbin Burns a lot. I also like the fact that Milwaukee uh, pushed uh, Keston here over to first and brought in Colton Wong. It's going to, you know, it's really going to improve the defense on that infield, um, which I dig. I definitely dig that. All right. So (laughs) Burns and Hendricks there on the four five on the, uh, on the six, seven, you went.
1: Yeah. Time to hit the bats. So Austin Meadows and JD Martinez. Look, I was high on Austin Meadows last year. Why, (laughs) why not be high on them again this year? I mean, he had COVID issues. Uh, I think that was a big factor. Two years ago, he had a great year: 33 homers, 12 steals. You know, I don't think they're going to platoon him or sit him against lefties. You know, he did well two years ago. Um, that is, I guess, one possible risk for him. Uh, but I think a lot of it was COVID-related. You're hearing a lot of players come out that had COVID last year where it affected them. Uh, but I, I think Austin Meadows bounces back and another guy that can contribute in some steals. You know, if he gets 10 to 12 steals he had 12 two years ago just two last year um got some power so liked him and then jd martinez who I, I think is gonna bounce back it's like this guy was a first second round pick and now because of last year 54 games he he just fell off i mean a lot of the underlying numbers don't show anything significantly that you know lead you to believe yeah he's fallen off a cliff age 33. He's been one of the premier hitters in baseball the last several years. The guy hit it 300 four straight years before last year. Strikeout rate went up slightly. Uh, his batting average balls in play was 259. His career mark is 341. Uh, he talked about how he wasn't prepared for the year. And he said that's on him. And He made those comments, I believe, yesterday or today. Um, and, you know, it was a weird year. Like you went from, yeah, we're probably not going to play this year. All right, be ready in two weeks. And. For some guys, it was probably jarring, and he seems to be one of those guys. So I just don't think this guy forgot how to hit at all. Um, so it was a debate there with um, you know, Nelson Cruz was also there. I love mm-hmm. Nelson Cruz. He's a little bit older. I mean, look, one of these years, he's going to fall off. I don't know when, um, yeah. I but decided to go with uh, J.D. Martinez there again. If Martinez returns to form, this is an absolute steal in round seven
0: if yes yes 100% if he uh, if he returns to form so yeah having that if he returns to form over is this the season that Nelson Cruz takes dump then yes then then you then you've got the right pick for this format and this situation um where you've got the upside of JD Martinez so uh, you're, you're not going to get me to say a bad thing about Austin Meadows i've always been a big fan of Austin Meadows um, I even I mean I, I owned him when he was in Pittsburgh, right? So I mean I, I love that. all right, so you've got power now with JD. you got power with a you know good bat with some splash of speed in Meadows. You've got good stolen bases out of Lewis Robert and hopefully he gets a continues with a little bit of pop there. Xander Bogarts, you got a little bit of pop there with uh, with a handful of stolen bases. and you're rocking in the pitching with the number one starter. The number one closer and Corbin Burns, who's a rock solid starter. That right there, I mean, listen, I like that start. It's a good solid start. Three pitchers, four hitters. Um, and it's a mix of power and speed. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that, man. I love that draft so far. So hit me with eight and nine.
1: Uh Matt Chapman and Mike Boustakis.
0: Oh, there you go. It's over now. Now nah, your team sucks. <laughs> Why? You're done. You just Why? A shit. No, I'm just because I'm kidding. No. Um, love Matt Chapman. Love yeah. Matt
1: Chapman. Like, you know, Matt Chapman two years ago had 36 homers in 91 RBIs and 102 runs. Yeah. Um, he's got elite power. Now, last year the strikeout rate jumped a lot. Him and Matt Olson both struck out a lot more. Uh, had the injury. Um, you know, average with him, it, tough to gauge. I mean, it was. 278 and 18, 249 and then 232 last year. So I hope for 250. I think he could hit 260, but I think the power is going to be there. The counting stats going to be pretty good. Like I, I think this guy is just a an elite power hitter. It's a ton of fly balls. I don't think the park affects him that much. I think his power is that good. And then uh, when we move Stockus, he's got first and second base eligibility in this league, so mm-hmm. kind of not sure where he's going to start yet. A lot's going to depend on what comes back down the board, but Mustaka's another guy, you know, excellent power, great part to hit in. Uh that flexibility certainly is uh beneficial in this format. And you know, Mustaka's another guy, you know, maybe 250 average. So, you know, we wanted to get the power here. And you know, there's a guy that could hit 30 homers, drive in 90, score 80, 85 runs. Uh guy that's stayed relatively healthy as well. So yeah, you know, we gotta Got to get some power after, you know, taking three pitchers in the first five rounds. So they did a good job of that. And uh, I think the average is OK. And um, we do have a couple guys that that can bring it down a little bit. But Bogarts, you know, is a two ninety three hundred guy. Meadows can be two eighty. And again, if J.D. Martinez bounces back, that's two ninety three hundred. So mm-hmm. those guys kind of help absorb maybe the the 250 from Chapman Moustakis. And again, Robert's kind of a wild card. It could be 230. It could be 260. You kind of don't know because he's so young.
0: I like it, man. I like it a lot. I like it. You know, I mean, looking at what first base could be like, um, you know, in the in the later rounds, I'm sure Josh, Josh Bell seems to be a guy who's uh, who who keeps dropping in drafts. So um you know it would be nice to be able to throw a guy like Josh Bell over at first so that you could keep Moustakis at second um you know i mean you could even go i know you're a big Hosmer fan and go with Hosmer in the later rounds there at first and keep Mustakas at second so yeah i, I don't mean, know if he's going to make it back i actually thought about taking
1: him um you know his ADP i think is like around i think it's 140 but i think it's been 120 over the last couple of weeks and my next pick is 150 so I mean, you don't know. Maybe some people are down on him, um, but I don't know if he's going to make it back. You know, definitely considered him for sure with this pick. Um, but this flexibility of is kind of helps because right now, you know, you don't, I don't know where I'll play second or first. Like you said, if Bell, Hosmer come back, then you move Moustakas to second. Um, if you don't get one of those first basemen you like and you, there's a second baseman there, and is goes to first, but you know he gives you that flexibility to move in a different direction.
0: Yeah. Ugh, what what second basemen are left at this point right now? Because I got to be honest with you, man. You want to talk about a position that's just trash, like hot trash.
1: Yeah, it second is base pretty is atrocious bad. right now. It is. Uh, it is one of those positions that even even the guys I have ranked up top, I'm like, oh my
0: god, man, I got to
1: really rank these guys here.
0: Yeah. Oh, it, second base is like three d <laughs> it's bad. It's really bad. Like, I was sitting there, and I was kind of looking and I was like, why is Brandon Lau going so early in drafts? Like, I'm seeing this dude go in like the fifth, sixth round. I'm like, you can't tell me that Brandon Lau is a, a fifth or sixth round. And then you look at the rest of second base and you're like, man, this position just absolutely blows. Blows. Oh, oh man. I was pulling for you, man, but doesn't look like Ubre is gonna. I know, man.
1: Unbelievable,
0: man. Twenty-two total. Well, I mean, I
1: hope they fouled him. He's down, but I don't think they did. Did they? I don't think so. Nah, or what did they call? Did they call a foul on him? I don't know. Well, I need somehow need a break.
0: Yeah, miracle. Pull the foul on Sabonis, please. You need a miracle there. Well, all righty, man. Great shit as always, dude. Absolutely love it. I love this draft. Now, what's the clock on this draft? Four hours. All right. Okay. So so we're going to get a taste again over the next couple of days here uh, of how this pans out. I'm, I'm excited about this. I like – because, again, I love the bold move. I love the taking of DeGrom early. I'm really like – I'm, I'm kind of tilting towards my other drafts like that. So – Hot damn, dude. Hot damn. I like I mean, look, seeing I, this. I
1: had to DeGrom in labor last year, and it's just, it's such a huge advantage to have him there, man. He just, even though he didn't get me the necessary wins to uh, please foul, inbound to Oubre and foul. No, of course. They inbound. Oh, foul, foul. Oh, did time run out? Shit. Oh. He had the ball. Time ran out? Damn it. <laughs> oh. oh, man. That is a tough break,
0: man. Shit. Oh. Do you need a hug or will a scotch do? <laughs> Damn,
1: that is painful, bro.
0: <sighs> well, all right. Well, that's what that's gonna do it for us here. Adam's gonna go uh, limp into his, the rest of his evening. He's gonna lament over these props. He's not gonna he's not gonna regale in the ones that he won. He's gonna lament over the ones that he missed, and uh, and that's what. Makes it worthwhile to follow him everywhere. Twitter at Adam Ronis. WagerAlarm.com. FantasyAlarm.com. At Adam Ronis. Oh, at Aaron88 on uh, on Instagram? Correct. What's the 88?
1: Uh, That's my number, man. It's uh, always been my guy, Michael Irvin. Uh, 88's been my number, wide receivers. Dez, now CeeDee Lamb. So, yeah, just, just like that number.
0: I like it. I like it. All right, see, I always like, always a little insight there. I always like uh I like got a buddy of mine who tags on 69 to uh to everything that he does. And I, you know, when I first met him, I was just like, dude, really 69 everywhere? But it actually turned out to be the year he was born. So, I'm okay, sorry. I was going to say he's sort of forgiven on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> In any event, give Adam Rona's a follow. You won't be disappointed. That's going to do it for us here tonight. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. We'll clue you in on the rest of Adam's drafts. Not to mention the fact that I will have yet another draft from the FSGA to report on. Let's see if somebody uh, does right and uh, and follows that philosophy. I'm going to be tracking whoever takes Degrom number one uh, in that one, and we'll see how they build their team. But. That's going to do it for us here. Thanks again for liking and subscribing. For Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Bender. We'll catch you next time.